before I connected to my unconditional self-worth, I would not protect my time. I gave it away freely to anyone and everyone who asked for it, right? People I knew, people I was friends with, and sometimes strangers, right? Like strangers on the bus. I would give them my time and attention and energy just because they were talking to me, even if I really needed some mental and emotional space, even if I really wanted to read a book, even if I really wanted to protect that time, I would give it away. I didn't have boundaries around my time and my attention. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. So today we are going to be talking all about boundaries. And I wanted to have this conversation today because I feel like people are talking about boundaries a lot. And I think that's great. But sometimes I feel like the conversation makes it seem like just say no right? No is a full sentence, right? Just do it as though it's easy, right? And the reality is that there's, you know, there's wisdom to that. There's wisdom to knowing that you can just say no. And I think it's also important for us to dig a bit deeper into why boundaries are important, what gets in the way of us setting boundaries. And because I talk all about self-worth, we're also going to look at how our self-worth is connected to our ability to set and establish healthy boundaries. So I'm excited to dig into this conversation with you today and, you know, looking forward to the insights that you will take from it. So, you know, I wanted to to start out by talking about the fact that there are a lot of different ways that we can set boundaries in our life, right? So we can set boundaries around our physical body, around our emotional experiences, around our possessions, around our time, right? There's a lot of different forms of boundaries. And I'll be talking today mostly about sort of setting boundaries around our time and our emotions and a little bit about sort of our physical bodies. But think about this as being applicable to sort of anywhere you can set boundaries in your life. And I wanted to start by telling you a little bit about my own struggle with boundaries. And for me, my biggest struggles with boundaries have related to time. So before I connected to my unconditional self-worth, I would not protect my time. I gave it away freely to anyone and everyone who asked for it, right? People I knew, people I was friends with, and sometimes strangers, right? Like strangers on the bus. I would give them my time and attention and energy just because they were talking to me, even if I really needed some mental and emotional space, even if I really wanted to read a book, even if I really wanted to protect that time, I would give it 
away. I didn't have boundaries around my time and my attention. And in my struggle to feel worthy, one of the strategies I used to try to prove that my I was worthy was to be a perfect and selfless friend, right? That was an attempt at trying to be worthy. If I was just perfect and selfless in friendships, then all of my friends would love me and they would accept me. And that would mean I was finally worthy, right? And so this really set me up to feel like I always had to show up, say yes, even when I didn't want to. I always had to be available to friends for them to talk through things or talk through issues, even if I really needed my personal time. And the idea of setting boundaries around my time or communicating to a friend or a loved one that I wasn't available to them felt scary because I worried that if I set a boundary or I said I wasn't available, maybe that friend would no longer love me, would no longer like me, would, you know, just reject me and say they didn't want to be friends with me anymore. And so this in turn left me feeling like I was going to be unworthy or unlovable if I was rejected because I set a boundary, right? So that kept me in this loop of, I always have to say yes. I always have to be available in order to prove that I'm worthy. Eventually, this ended up with me feeling overextended and exhausted right? Because I I was just not setting healthy boundaries around my time and attention. So I ended up with very little time for myself. I had to squeeze the things that I needed and wanted to do for myself into my leftover time, which often meant I was up late doing work. I rarely had time to rest or relax. I was sort of running around from place to place to place, trying to sort of meet the needs and desires of these friends who were really good friends, but I just, I didn't know how to say no. And so at the time, I told myself that I like to be busy. I like to feel like I was useful and and helping people. And, you know, in some ways that is true, right? I like to be helpful to people. I like to be supportive to people. I like to be available if somebody's having a hard time or I can be of support. Those are things that are aligned with my core values in terms of my relationships. And when I wasn't setting healthy boundaries, I was taking this too far. I was scared of what would happen if I stopped. So I ended up being exhausted and overextended. And it, you know, it was just too much, right? And the reality is, is it didn't end up making me feel worthy, right? It, it didn't end up with the, oh, now I feel worthy because I'm overextended and exhausted and I've made myself overly available to everyone, right? It ended up with me feeling frustrated and stuck and resentful at times. So, you know, you may not struggle with time boundaries in the same way I did. You may struggle with emotional boundaries, right? Always taking on other people's feelings and feeling like you're responsible for how other people feel. You may struggle with setting physical boundaries and have a hard time telling people the type of physical or sexual touch that you are or are not comfortable with. And I just encourage you to take a moment to think about where your struggle with boundaries lies, right? What types of boundaries have been difficult for you to set and establish? And then think about what happens when you don't set these boundaries, right? How has that impacted you? 
How has that impacted your relationships? So there are a number of reasons why boundaries are important. And I want to highlight a few here. Boundaries keep us physically safe. So wearing clothes, locking our doors, these days wearing masks, they're all forms of boundaries that protect our physical safety. Boundaries also keep us emotionally healthy and grounded. When we're able to take responsibility for our emotions and not take on other people's feelings and emotions, we experience emotional well-being and we're more centered. Boundaries also give us the freedom of choice. When we establish healthy boundaries, we are able to decide what we do and do not want to do. We decide what we want to say yes to and what we want to say no to, and we don't feel controlled by other people's wants and demands on our time and attention. Often, when we're feeling like we have no choice, like somebody asks us for something and we have to respond and we have to respond immediately, that's often because we have not established a healthy boundary. We do not feel like we can say no. And when we don't set boundaries, we end up being reactive to the world around us. Someone wants to touch us and we don't stop them, even if we're not comfortable with it. Someone wants our time and attention. And even though we have some personal time planned and we really need some rest and and relaxation, we agree because we want to give them the time that they want. And we are prioritizing their needs over ours. Someone is upset and we take on their emotions or we overfunction and try to make them feel better because we don't have emotional boundaries and we can't tolerate that someone we care about is having a hard time. Overall, when we don't set healthy boundaries, our physical, mental, and emotional energy ends up getting spread out all over the place and we reserve very little energy for ourselves. Eventually, this results in us feeling exhausted, overextended, and resentful because everyone keeps asking us for stuff and we feel worn down. Often, in I've experienced this in my own life and, and I hear it when I work with my clients, is that there are certain people who sort of end up in these roles where everyone asks them for things, right? It's the over-functioners and the overworkers. The people who have hard time saying no are the people who always get the biggest work assignments, always get the most work, are the friends who are always called on, the people who are always asked to step up in the nonprofit organization. And this leaves us feeling worn down worn out, frustrated, and resentful. And something that started as, you know, I enjoy working on these projects, or I enjoy problem solving, or I enjoy stepping up, ends up leaving us feeling resentful because we end up being the ones everyone goes to because they know we're not going to say no, right? It leaves us in this unhealthy cycle. Then we overwork, we overfunction, and then it makes it easier for other people to underfunction, right? And sets up an unhealthy dynamic overall for everyone. So I wonder if this is resonating with you. Have you found yourself feeling overextended, exhausted, and resentful? And feeling frustrated that people keep asking you for things, for your time and your energy? And do you feel like you can't say no? Are you worried about what might happen 
If you say no, just check in with yourself and see how this is landing for you. So let's talk a little bit more about the connection between self-worth and boundaries. When we don't feel worthy, it's challenging to set boundaries because we don't feel like we are worthy of saying no or like we are worthy of protecting our time and energy and prioritizing our own wants and needs. When we're stuck in a place of low self-worth, we often feel like we should take what we can get. We should be grateful that we have friends who want to spend time with us, so we give away all of our time to them, even if we're exhausted. We should be grateful that someone wants to be romantically involved with us or is attracted to us, so we shouldn't insist on them getting tested or using protection when we have sex. We should be grateful that we have this job or got into this graduate program, so we shouldn't turn off our email notifications or take time off on the weekends or take vacations. You can see how feelings of low self-worth can easily lead us into overextending ourselves and failing to establish healthy boundaries. In contrast, when we know we're worthy unconditionally and that our worth does not depend on what someone thinks about us, it's much easier to set boundaries. When we know we're worthy, we can prioritize spending time with friends when it works for us and say no to talking or other gatherings when we need time for ourselves without fear that our friends will respond and reject us and leave us feeling unworthy. When we know we're worthy and lovable, it's easier to say no to a romantic or sexual interaction without fearing that rejection may mean that we're unworthy or unlovable. When we know we're worthy and we aren't using our work to try to prove our worth, it's easier to turn off our email notifications and take breaks from work because our self-worth doesn't depend on our performance. When our worth is not dependent on affirmation from external sources, we can set boundaries to protect our time and our mental energy. One of the fears people often have when setting boundaries is that other people will think they're being mean. I think it's important to be honest about the fact that many times when we set boundaries, especially when we're establishing new boundaries after we've not maintained healthy boundaries with someone, the person we're setting boundaries with is likely to have a tantrum, right? And this is usually where the, oh my gosh, I'm being mean, they're getting upset, so that must mean I'm being mean comes from. I first want to say, just because somebody has a tantrum or gets upset at something that you're doing, if you're not intending to hurt them, that does not mean you're being mean, right? So I like to give the example of the metaphor of going to a store with a two-year-old, right? So imagine going to a store, like a grocery store with a two-year-old, and you walk down the candy aisle and there's all this brightly colored candy and it's so alluring. And the toddler starts reaching for the candy and saying that they want the candy, right? And you tell the toddler, no, we're not going to have candy, no, it's not good for us. No, we're not going to buy any candy. No, we have candy at home. Whatever, you tell them this. And, and they keep pushing. And eventually, because you're setting a boundary, you're saying we will not have this. You're saying no to the toddler. The toddler 
starts to throw a tantrum. They cry, they scream, bloody murder, right? They start causing a scene in the grocery store, right? And the challenge in that moment is part of you is going to feel like, oh my God, let me just give this child this candy because I don't want these people looking at me. I don't want them thinking I'm a bad parent, whatever. And you're like, oh gosh, I need to give, let me just quiet them down. Let me just give them what they want, right? That'll stop the tantrum. So there's a pull to do that. But then the reality is that if you give the kid the candy, you are teaching them that when you set a boundary, if they just throw a tantrum, they'll get past your boundary and you'll give them what they want. And the same thing happens with adults, right? You tell someone you're not available to talk after a certain time or in a certain window, or you tell them, you know, I'm not comfortable talking to you anymore or right now. And they call and text you multiple times, right? And then they express their anger and desperation and frustration, right? It's a tantrum. You tell someone you can't make their party or gathering. You tell your family member you can't come home for the holidays. You know, maybe you were worried about COVID, whatever. And they guilt trip you. Oh, you don't love me. Oh, you never cared about me. You're just so selfish. You never want to come home. Oh, blah, 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 blah. It's a tantrum, right? So the adult version of a tantrum may not look like crying and screaming and throwing yourself on the floor in the middle of the grocery store like a kid's tantrum does, but it looks like trying to manipulate you into letting go of your boundaries through guilt, through manipulation, through blaming you, through sort of threatening. If you don't call them, if you don't do this, then they're going to do this to themselves, etc. So I think it's important to recognize that tantrums are a normal part of the boundary setting process. It may not be super healthy, but it's normal because what we don't want to do is when someone throws a tantrum, we then say, oh, uh, it's a bad boundary. I mean, I got to let go of this boundary, right? Instead, what I want you to do is see the tantrum as a normal part of the process. And what you have to do is when the kid is screaming on the floor, you hold to the boundary. You do not give them the candy. You breathe. Maybe you call in reinforcement, <laughs> right? Maybe you call someone and you say, I need, please help me with this. Please coach me through this. I'm really tempted to give them the candy, but I know that that's not going to help, right? You breathe and you say, we will, it does not matter if you are tantruming, we will not be getting the candy. So that's sort of the first thing is to know that boundaries are not mean and that just because someone tantrums in response to your boundary does not mean the boundary is bad or mean. So I do want to share a few strategies to help you set healthy boundaries in your own life. Before I do that, I want to make a note that it is possible to set boundaries that are too rigid, right? So if we think about these things on a continuum, on one end of the spectrum, there is loose boundaries or sort of no boundaries. And on the other end of the continuum, there are overly rigid boundaries. And when our boundaries are too rigid, they are like concrete walls that no one can get through. It's like we are putting ourselves into a bunker and no one, we're not letting anyone in. Often people set overly rigid boundaries when they've been hurt 
or they've experienced some type of trauma and they're trying to protect themselves at all costs. And this could be helpful initially, right? So, you know, if you went through a surgery, right after the surgery, you need a bandage, you need to, you don't, you're not going to be going out a lot. You're not going to be seeing a lot of people because the risk of infection is high because you have an open wound, right? Your boundaries become more rigid after a surgery because you need to protect yourself in order to heal, right? That is normal and that is healthy. And that also just to note, like our boundaries sometimes ebb and flow, right? So if you've experienced a trauma, it may make sense that your boundaries become more rigid after the trauma as you heal and protect yourself. And extended times of rigid boundaries where you're just walled off from other people can be unhealthy, right? So we don't want to live a life where we're never sharing our thoughts and feelings with people that we trust, where we're never vulnerable or allowing ourselves to emotionally connect. Healthy boundaries are about balance. We don't want boundaries that are sort of too loose or non-existent, but we also don't want boundaries that are so rigid that they keep us from meaningfully connecting with other people. All right, so let's get into the strategies to help you establish boundaries in your life. And I'm going to share three strategies in this episode today. So the first strategy is to identify and remember why you are setting the boundary in the first place. So this sort of comes back to where I started the podcast episode, right? So we have lots of conversation about boundaries in our world today, and maybe not so much conversation about why boundaries are important. So let's dig into this. It's important for you to know why you're establishing the boundary, because when the kid throws the tantrum in the middle of the grocery store, you need to remember why you don't think it's a good idea to give them candy in that moment, right? Because if you don't remember, you're just going to give them the candy, right? When somebody guilt trips you or tries to guilt trip you after you've said, you know, I'm just not available then, You need to remember why you've said, I need this time for myself. I need this time for rest. I need to do something else because the guilt tripping will kind of pull you to say, oh, if you don't remember why you've decided that that boundary is important, you're more likely to let it go in the face of the tantrum. So I want you to think about an area of your life where you've not maintained healthy boundaries. And in order to figure out your why, I want you to reflect on how this has impacted you. So how have you failed to set boundaries with your time, with your body, with your energy, with your emotions, right? Have you overextended yourself? Have you given away all your time and not reserved anything for yourself? Have you allowed people to engage with you physically in a way that left you feeling sort of icky and uncomfortable? Have you taken on other people's emotions and not prioritized yourself, but prioritize other people instead? So just take a moment to think about what have been the consequences of not setting boundaries in your life. And once you understand the consequences of not setting boundaries, you can start to figure out why it will be important for you to set the boundaries, right? Like what will that give you? So for example, I value my time with friends. So the solution to me overextending myself is not to never spend time with my friends or to never be available, but it's for me to figure out how and when I want to be available to my friends and 
when and how I want to preserve my time for myself, right? So I've experienced feeling exhausted. I've experienced feeling like I don't have time for myself. And knowing that having time for myself, having some time to recharge, even though I'm an extrovert, right? Having time to just rest and relax is so valuable for me. So when I know that, and when I know that taking that time helps me to show up better for myself, better in my work and better for my friends, then that is my reason why. That is why I establish boundaries, right? It's not just to be selfish, though I don't think it's a bad thing if it is just for a selfish reason, but it's it's so that I can be a good human and show up as a good human, the type of human that I want to be in these various aspects of my life. So that is my why. I want you to think about what is your why for the boundaries you want to establish. Also, in this process, I remind myself that my self-worth does not come from me being perfect, ever available as a friend, and that I am worthy unconditionally, even if I don't spend time with my friends, and that I don't need my friends to always be perfectly happy with whether or not I can spend time with them in order to be worthy. And so remembering that helps me to maintain the boundary if I'm feeling some anxiety or worry about, oh my gosh, what will they think? Or will somebody be upset, right? So reconnecting to the fact that I'm unconditionally worthy helps me to maintain my boundaries. So the second strategy is to remember that boundaries are healthy. Because many people have tantrums in response to our boundaries, and we feel or worry that setting boundaries is mean, it's important to keep in mind that maintaining boundaries is a healthy thing. Boundaries are the foundation for healthy, loving, and supportive relationships where we can ask for what we need. Other people can ask us for what they need and we can say no and they can say no without guilt. Boundaries can cause people to be upset, but just because someone's upset with the boundary doesn't mean you're being mean. And being mean involves intending to hurt someone and make them feel badly. In contrast, our boundaries are about us and maintaining a frame so that we can show up for ourselves and the people we care about in healthy and sustainable and non-reactive ways. So I'll give the example of how healthy boundaries actually support healthy relationships by talking about my experience as a therapist. So when people find out that I'm a therapist, often they ask if I get weighed down by hearing about my client's problems all day. And the reality is, is that while some of my sessions with clients can be emotionally heavy, in general, I'm not weighed down by the issues my clients are dealing with because I have established healthy boundaries in my therapeutic relationships. I don't believe I'm there to fix my clients. I don't have to take on their negative emotions or experiences because I don't feel responsible for them. I offer empathy and support and guidance, and I hold a space for them to process through whatever they are going through, but I don't take their experience on as mine to fix or carry, right? I can tolerate them being in the mental and emotional space that they are in without having to rush in and fix it or take it away from them. 
So having these boundaries in the therapeutic relationship allows me to be fully present with my clients in session and to bear witness to what they experience without taking it on or needing to fix it. And it allows me to leave the issues in the session or with the client once the session is over. I don't carry it with me all day, worrying about it, thinking about it. And this is what allows me to be a good therapist, right? If I did not have healthy boundaries in my relationships with my clients, I would be worn down. I wouldn't be able to show up well for my next client. I wouldn't be able to show up well for my loved ones, right? And so the healthy boundaries actually support the therapeutic relationship. And I think that this is true for our general relationships, right? The the boundaries are a little different in therapy than outside of therapy, but some of the principles apply, right? When we're able to support our friends and loved ones without taking on their emotions. We're better able to show up for them. And we don't develop a codependent relationship where we're over-functioning and trying to fix things for them and taking away their power and agency, right? When we have boundaries around time, just like I have boundaries in session around time, right? We meet for a certain amount of time and we meet each week, right? For that certain amount of time or every other week, I'm not sort of constantly talking to my clients. They can't call me whenever they feel like it or drop into a session whenever they feel like it. We have boundaries around the time of the session. When we have those boundaries with our friends and family, that means when we do show up with them and for them, we're able to be more present because we're not just sort of caught off guard at any moment and feeling like, oh, gosh, I have to be here for you perfectly. Now, of course, people have emergencies, people need urgent support, and that happens with therapy and that can happen with our family members. And we want to be available for that as appropriate. But we also have sort of norms established about when you call and how you call and how much time and all of those things that really support the relationships. They don't get in the way of relationships. So I say that because, you know, people can wonder if boundaries just mean you're sort of limiting the relationship and actually boundaries support healthy relationships. And then that brings me to the third and final recommendation I want to share about boundaries today. So the third recommendation is to get some support and accountability. We've talked about the fact that it can be challenging to establish and maintain healthy boundaries because there can be both internal and external pulls to cause us to let go of our boundaries, right? The internal pulls might be guilt, feeling worthy, feelings of low self-worth. The external pulls might be someone blaming us, tantrums, manipulation. So there's a lot that kind of can keep us from sticking to our boundaries. And because of this, especially if you're new to setting boundaries, I really want to encourage you to get support and accountability. So have a friend or a loved one that you can call or text when someone is trying to guilt you into letting go of your boundaries or someone that you can reach out to when you know you want to stick to your boundaries, but you're really struggling and you're having an internal monologue that maybe you're not worthy enough for this boundary, or maybe someone will think you're mean, or maybe someone won't like you if you establish this boundary. 
having someone you can sort of call in for reinforcement to support you in this process will make a lot of difference, right? Often our friends or family members have an outside perspective and they're like, girl, come on. Like, you do not have to do that. Like, shut down the email, turn off the notifications or like, no, just because he wants to come over at that time does not mean he needs to come over at that time, right? Have friends who support you in this process, right? It is challenging to set boundaries because all of us want to be loved and accepted, right? And the fear can be, if I set this boundary, I will be rejected. I won't be loved and accepted. I won't be worthy. That's another reason why, you know, connecting to our unconditional self-worth can be such a powerful way to support ourselves in establishing boundaries and sort of living the life we want. So, I hope you found this episode helpful in connecting to and understanding how boundaries are related to self-worth. And I hope these strategies have been useful for you. I'd love to hear any insights you've gained from this episode, right? So share your insights in a review on Apple Podcasts. You could also tag me in a post on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Dr. Adia Gooden on both platforms. And just let me know, you know, how does this resonate with you? How is this helping you establish healthy boundaries in your life? Please let me know. And I'd love to hear from you. As always, Thanks so much for listening to the episode this week and stay tuned for the next episode where I will be talking about how self-compassion is a doorway into connecting to our unconditional self-worth. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wadaboy.